quite so sure. I want to talk to you about the will of God. The will of God. But before we do that, I plan on playing a little game we call 20 questions. The first question I have for you this morning is, how is your prayer life? Ooh, somebody just went from preaching to meddling, didn't they? How is your prayer life? Now, you know, well, you may not know, but when I was a brash, tiger-by-the-tail young lieutenant, and by the way, that was just a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> the buzzword of the church world of that day was the will of God. What does the will of God want me to do? How does it affect me? The will of God. In our scripture reading this morning, the Apostle Paul tells us very, very pointedly what the will of God is for each one of us as believers. He was writing to the church, and sometimes there's different pronunciations. Thessalonica, the church of Thessalonica. Now, Paul spent quite a bit of time there, and if we look at the first chapter of 1 Thessalonians, he tells us something about his heart in regards to that. He says that every time he thinks of these folks, that he prays for them. How often do you pray for your family? How often do you pray for your loved ones? This is the will of God. Paul says so right here in our scripture reading. I want to focus on that because he says other things as well. The will of God for each of us, not just officers within the Salvation Army, not just with the soldiers that belong to the Salvation Army and have signed a covenant saying they're going to live in a particular way and abstain from other things. It's more than that. Ministry leaders, Everyone that is a believer comes under this heading of the will of God. And this morning, I'd like to focus on prayer. Again, I ask you, how's your prayer life? And that only counts as the same question, okay? So in case you're counting the 20. The Bible is very, very clear. In that part of the will of God, God desires from us as his followers to be kind to everyone. Did you read that? To be kind to, to everyone. To be joyful. Oh, well, that's easy, isn't it? It's always a nice day. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. But yet, situations and circumstances that we face taint that joyful sometimes, doesn't it? But when we have the joy of the Lord, our circumstances and situations doesn't, don't matter, do they? Because we have the joy of the Lord in our heart. And then the Apostle Paul tells us unashamedly, right out, boldly, he says, pray continually. Pray continually. 
That's in the New International Version, and if you use other versions, it says other things, but it says the same thing. It tells us the same thing. We're supposed to be in constant prayer. So what does that mean? What does it mean to pray continually? Does that mean we crawl around on our knees and we fold our hands, we close our eyes when we're driving down the street? No. <laughs> I would hope not. If you do close your eyes, call me before you drive, and I won't. Pray continually. Pray continually. It's a matter of right relationship, isn't it? We have to be in a place where we can come to God, the throne of grace. And that depends upon our relationship. Right relationship with Jesus. Not being in the places that we know we shouldn't be. And I'll let you fill in the blanks. You know where those places are because each one of us are an individual. Not being in wrong relationships. Not having a bad attitude. Not engaging in sin. Oh, I said the S word, didn't I? We don't hear too much about sin and hell and how God feels about it. But we can't be engaged in active sin if we expect God to answer our prayers. That's the bottom line. So this morning, as we take a few minutes and explore this element of prayer, this element of God's will for us, I'm going to ask that you close your eyes and bow your heads. And as we approach the throne of God, as we talk with God, I'm going to ask that you pray with me. Father, we've gathered here in this place, in this sanctuary this place that you have created for us to come, that is a safe place. A place where we can be quiet before you. A place where we don't have to worry about what others are thinking and saying and talking about us. A place where we can come and be still in your presence. Thank you, Lord. And as we pause in our busy schedules, our time commitments, the meetings that we need to go to, the people that we need to see. We want to just stop and be quiet before you. We don't necessarily want to do all the talking either. We want to hear from you, God. So I ask in the name of Jesus that you open our hearts, open our souls, open our minds, that we would hear you. And in these next few moments, we would hear and do what the Holy Spirit tells us to do, guides us to do, encourages us to do. For we pray this in Jesus' name. 
our Savior. Amen. Whoops, sorry. So here we are. How many times have you found that perfect place in your home? And I encourage people to do this. You know that we're supposed to talk to God. We're supposed to pray every single day. Did you know that? Sometimes we end up praying 437,000 times a day, don't we? We should be able to because the Bible just, we just read in the Bible, it says to pray continually. And sometimes there are situations or, or things that happen, events that we, we pray. How many times have you found that perfect place in your home? It might be that leather recliner that's stationed right next to the window where you can see. It might be downstairs in the den. It might be at the kitchen table. Wherever you find this place, this sanctuary, where you can come and not be disturbed and talk to God, and you, oh, I'm still, I'm quiet. Here we are. And the next thing you know, you're sound asleep. What do I do? How do I prevent that from happening? I have a formula for you today. I've used it for many, many, well, not so many, a couple of days. <laughs> the Axe Formula is what I call it. And I'll share that with you in just a moment. It's an acrostic. And the A stands for adoration. Adoration. And the reason that I use this formula is because it helps me to focus in on the task at hand. Not that prayer is a task, it's a privilege. But it, it prevents those interruptions. It prevents me from daydreaming, my mind wandering, and to focus on God. A-C-T-S. A, as I said, is for adoration. What does adoration mean? Webster tells us that adoration is a deep love and respect. When was the last time you told God that you simply loved him, that you adore him, without your shopping list? You know what I mean by shopping list? Oh, that was another question in our 20 questions, okay? I refer to Psalms 150. If you look at the last chapter of the Psalms, the psalmist tells us, praise the Lord. But he doesn't simply say, praise the Lord. He tells us why. And if you read that, I'm going to let you do that. That's your assignment for this afternoon, okay? Um, in between visiting with the grandchildren and the dinner and all that kind of good stuff, okay? Take a look at Psalms 150, the last chapter of Psalms, and read that. Praise the Lord. And the psalmist tells us why. 
Simply adoring God in this place that you have made holy in your home because that's where you meet with God. Adore him. Tell him that you love him. Tell him that you are in awe of him, that he's amazing without asking for anything. The next letter in our acrostic, C, confession. And obviously we think of 1 John 1, 9. 1 John 1, 9 tells us what God will do if, if we confess our sins. Did you see? I encourage you to read that. 1 John 1, 9 tells us what God's going to do. We must face and we must convey to God that we are sorry for our sins. We, reckon, <clears throat> we recognize that we have sinned, that we have, the original Greek is missed the mark. We have missed the mark for what God had intended for us. We have sinned. And we confess that. I confess that. You confess that on a personal level. We have missed the mark, and then God can go to work. Through his son, Jesus will fill the promise of 1 John 1, 9. He will cleanse us of all unrighteousness. He will take away our sin and place it under the blood of Jesus. Amen? And we don't have to worry about it anymore. Too many times we put Jesus back on the cross, don't we? We nail him back to the cross because we don't move on. We reminisce, we think, we remember, we regret. Instead of exercising our faith and say, God said it, he's forgiven me, now let's move on. A-C-T-T. A, C, T. A, adoration. C is confession. T is what? Thanksgiving. My wife transformed our home from a bare-walled, um, barely anything as far as fixtures or anything goes, into a beautiful Thanksgiving festival yesterday. Everywhere you look, there's pumpkins and there's turkeys well the turkey's there all the time isn't he and there's and all this decoration stuff but that's not what we're talking about is it thanksgiving is more than a dinner each year that we gather around the table and say thanks god for what you've given to us thanksgiving is felt in our heart isn't it thanksgiving i'm an early riser and I like to go out to our deck and just simply look outside. There's beautiful trees out there. Um, it's quiet. Um, we live in a neighborhood that's quiet, so very little disturbance. Although about 6.30 in the morning, you can hear the train whistles. <laughs> but that's okay. Thanksgiving. And the reason I like to get up early and to go outside and to enjoy God's creation, we call it nature, 
is because it reminds me that he created for me. He created for you as a believer. Thanksgiving. It's letting God know how grateful you are. How grateful you are for this place, this sanctuary, this chapel, whatever you want to call it, this place where we can come on a regular basis and according to God's word, it's once a week we come and worship him. It's a time that you can say, thank you, God. I appreciate the people, the brothers and sisters that come to worship. And it doesn't matter what color their hair is or what side of the head they part their hair on. If they wear shoes or sandals or loafers, it doesn't matter because we are all brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord, for our brothers and sisters. The people that come here to worship, it's an opportunity to tell them thank you for coming and to tell God thank you for coming for being here, for creating, for loving, for the mercy and the grace that you show me every single day. And the opportunity that I have to share Jesus with others. Have you ever thought of that as an opportunity or a privilege or a thanksgiving? Hmm. And then we come to S. S is supplication. Oh, there's a word for you. What does supplication mean? Well, I took the deep dive and I asked Google. What is supplication? This is what they came back with. The action of asking for something earnestly or humbly. This is where we become active in the area of prayer. See, before we were talking to God and telling him, we adore you, we confess our sins to you, we thank you, and now the scene has changed and that we're able to present our cares and concerns, our supplications. Supplication is the privilege, as I said, of praying for others as well as our own concerns. I count it a privilege. Years ago, I learned a very valuable lesson about prayer. I was walking downtown in the community that we were responsible for, that we were ministering in, and a, a little old lady came up to me, and I'm not being uh, obstinate or anything. She was a little old lady. <clears throat> and she began to tell me some concerns that she had about her son. Um, he wasn't hanging out with the people that he should be. He was drinking too much, getting into trouble, and now it was serious because he had a brush with the law. And she asked me, she said, I don't know, was I a major, a general, or what? Whatever I was, will you pray with me? No, she asked, will you pray for me? And I said, of course. The answer that you and I give every time somebody comes to us and says, will you pray for me? Oh, yeah, sure. And then we walk away. 
But the lesson is this. Will you pray for me? Yes. And then I turned to finish conducting my business, and she says, well, aren't you going to pray? She wanted me to pray right then and there. And so the lesson that I learned is that when someone says, will you pray for me, not to be afraid to say, okay, let's pray, to do it right now. That's the privilege of supplication. Our supplication requests are with God Almighty. We pray with the confidence and understanding and faith that God is going to answer our prayers. This past week, a prayer request came to us. A three-year-old baby boy had three heart surgeries. The doctors had thrown up their hands. They said, he's in God's hands. And my immediate reaction was, what better place to be? The unfortunate thing, God's will, was that this little baby boy was to be brought home to him. So immediately our prayers went to the family and the loved ones, those that were concerned and loved this little baby, that Jesus would be present and bring comfort to that family. So it doesn't matter how God decides to answer the prayer. Our job, our responsibility as followers of Jesus is to pray for them, the supplication. Believing that God's going to answer prayer. Exercising our faith that God is going to answer our prayers. And as we look at this acrostic this morning, A for adoration, C for confession, T for thanksgiving, S for supplication, we look at the model prayer that Jesus gave to the disciples. Think about it now. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Jesus was adoring God, telling them his name is holy. And then it's almost a match by verse, by verse, by verse, as Jesus gave us the Lord's Prayer. We call it the Lord's Prayer. It should be the disciples' prayer. We are disciples. And as we look at the Lord's Prayer in Matthew, and as we look at this acrostic, there's a parallel there. How's your prayer life? It's part of God's will for you to be continually in prayer. As I shared with you earlier, A-C-T-S, the ACTS formula, as I call it, helps me focus and remind me of the love, the grace, and the mercy, and the opportunity and the privilege I have of praying to God for other people. So I hope that you have that same experience. I pray that you have that same experience. It deepens my relationship every time I pray and every time I have the opportunity to share Jesus with someone else. 
So this morning, I'm going to invite you to sing a song with me. It's in our songbook if you need the words. <laughs> song number 353, the words say this, Be still for the presence of the Lord. The Holy One is here. Come bow before him now with reverence and fear. Not that we're afraid of God, but out of reverence. In him no sin is found. We stand on holy ground. Be still for the presence of the Lord. The Holy One is here. As we sing this song, you pray. Pray with me that God's Spirit would continue to guide us and to direct us. And in the midst of this 2020 COVID pandemic, that's got us all rattled, that his spirit would come and calm our spirits. And we would have the opportunity to converse with God. God, God Almighty. Let's sing this song together. We have deep respect for you. We love you. And we confess our sin, the shortcomings that we have. God, we're sorry that we missed the mark and ask for you to forgive us in the name of Jesus. We're thankful for this place, this time, and the opportunity we have of worship. And Lord, for the privilege of praying for others. We're grateful, respectful, and ask that you would meet our needs today because you love us and care for us and all merciful. We pray this in Jesus' name and all God's children said, Amen. Amen.